to deal with two things this morning. One is to show you the original altar that God raised. And number two, I'm going to teach you how to move through the altars and with your life into your destiny. I'm going to show you what God originally intended. I'm going to show you how to move through them so that you can understand. And the title of my sermon this morning is The Altar That Makes. The altar that makes. There's an altar that takes, but then there is an altar that makes. Now I want to teach on that this morning. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2, please. In the beginning, here's the altar. God is creating heavens and earth because we found that altars are spiritual portals that connect heaven and earth. The spiritual realm and the earth. It's an altar. So watch God. He's creating an altar. The earth, in the beginning, go back please. In the earth, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So God is establishing the place where heaven and earth will connect. It's called Eden. He creates a, an altar, a place where he can commune with man, and man can commune with God. The Bible speaks of how God made him. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, please. And I want to show you that Satan has mimicked that wherever he goes. Whatever counterfeit altars you find in the earth is because he got the original from God. So God, who is light, speaks into the earth, creates a place, and he creates this altar. It's a place called Eden. Now, there was no need for sacrifice because there was no sin. There was purity between God and man. It was a connection. It was God's intention. The heavens belong to the Lord. The earth is given to the sons of men. Psalms 116. Then God said, after he's created this, this place of voluptuous living, he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. So, let us tells you Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is there. It's at an altar. And on that altar, He places the man. But then He says, let this man have dominion. That word dominion in the Hebrew means rada. It means a kingdom. Give them a kingdom to function out of. So God is connecting with man. Man has got a, there's a reason for His existence. He's got the Father there. He's got the Son, He's got the Holy Ghost, and He's got a kingdom. That's an altar. Please put up my first picture just to show you. Every altar has got an idea. Every altar has got a father that believes around that altar, whether it be whatever religion it is. And if you look at Satan and whatever it is, he is the father of lies. And so the spirits that he releases is only deception to the people. And the whole world is under that. But look in Genesis chapter 1, please. No, go back to my first picture, please. My first picture. Without that. That's the one. Have a look. Let us make man, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And he places him in the middle of a place called Eden. And he says, now I bless you and you're going to have dominion. 
Get it? Have a look. So his intention was, you take this Garden of Eden, this place of voluptuous living, and go and fill the earth with this thing that I put on you, called the blessing. So, this is what Adam lost. Because in that place is all the provision. Adam never worked a day for, for provision. He only fulfilled his assignment. He had a relationship with God, a vibrant one. He had his assignment and he had all the provision. When, he, when, when they sinned, that's what they got put out of. And Satan built his own kingdom. That's why he offered it to Jesus at the, at the temptation. He offered him kingdoms. He said, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you these kingdoms. He built exactly that. And many people, even born again people, are still living in that kingdom. It's called Babylon. Babylon spawns ideas, demonic and satanic ideas. They're living under that kind of demonic system. And they don't even know it and they're born again believers. They don't know according to Colossians, when you get born again, you are translated out of a kingdom exactly like that. The kingdom of darkness. And you are translated into the kingdom of light. And you are supposed to function out of that. That's what the Bible says. In Him we live and move and have our being. That's the altar. Now let's go a little deeper and explain it because it's going to really help you understand that that's the original. So what all that you're finding in the earth, you'll find if you go and see your father, who's the father in the faith, um, Scientology is a good one. So, so Hubbard is your guy. And they believe that he's coming back. He died, but he's coming back. So they built a house for him. It's 20 years later, we're still waiting for him. But they believe it. And they sell it. And they give their money to it. And they study for it. And they get promoted in the system. And that spirit of deception, you cannot believe it. When you listen to the people, they said, Are you, that doesn't even make sense. Walk away from your family and cut off this one. And I mean, you got to watch this thing. It's, it's crazy. But you know, if you're walking in darkness, you don't see it. When, so when I walked into the light and you look at these things, you're saying, but is nobody telling you that this is such deception? I mean, you come knocking on my door and you tell me I should be part of 144,000? Okay, so are you in there? I'm not sure yet. But you want me to come in also like roll a dice with my life and figure, it's like, you know, just maybe we'll make it. It's deception. And the devil will fight you around this message, around the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice on the cross, and the church of a living God. He'll fight people for this. And say, so don't give your money. These people are after your money. Man, you, there are people that give money to dogs and whales. Let's not come and sweep by your house. The bicycles that you invest in and your God that you created. The woman that went with, when she came and she worshipped at Jesus' feet, she took a year's wages and broke this perfume at his feet. And Judah says, why this waste? What the world calls waste, we call worship. You've come to worship the king this morning. Clap your hands this morning and worship the king of kings and the lord of lords this morning. Come on, bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. He's worthy. 
And that's why I watch people when they complain about giving and people putting money on the offerings and, and sowing money. The Bible says not because he was good. He said this money should have been given to the poor. And straight up the scripture says it's not because he cared about the poor, it's because he was a thief. So don't let, let God deal with that attitude about the, the altar and the importance of sowing and giving. You've got to free your heart when you come here. You've got to allow God to come and deal with you and the stinginess and the things. You've got to shift altars, honey. You've got to let God say, Lord, I am telling you now, I'm not going to buy myself these suits and, and this kind of dress and let it hang in the wardrobe until I'm 95. And then I just brag about what's in my wardrobe. What rubbish is that? Go and take out that fine china. You are worth it. Go and serve yourself a good meal. Sit down and say, I'm the righteousness of God. And if if this breaks, uh, God will add more. Come on, somebody. The altar that makes. So every altar will make you. You hang along, along, along with, with, with unbelievers for a long enough time. You come and tell us here that what we're preaching is rubbish. You go to university. You left here pure and you are living your life and you love Jesus and you stay hang, hang around long enough with those altars those altars will overwhelm you that's why it's good that you get up and come to church on a Sunday morning let's understand this so mankind loses all of this the blessing is in there but you was created for this every one of you don't let the enemy ever lie to you that there's no reason for your existence or for your gift. Don't let him lie to you that God made a mistake. Think about how many sperm tried to win that race, but you won. You were a winner from the, from the womb. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Let's go to Matthew chapter 3. Because Joel says, the Lord's going to pour His Spirit on all flesh. Uh, bring, me, bring me Acts chapter 2 quickly. Verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, this is the days we're living in, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit. Look at God. Look at God. Look what He's doing. He, he pours out His Spirit on who? It didn't say born again flesh. It didn't say sinners flesh. It, it says, say, say it with me, all flesh. So it becomes really powerful. Then he makes a separation. Because like Genesis chapter 1, when the Spirit of God hovered over the earth, God says he pours out his Spirit in all flesh, born again or not. Why? Because when I preach the word of God, the spirit of God that is hovering over all flesh says, listen to him. Make that decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The conviction of those that are in sin. You say, get up from where you are. Who's doing that? That's the Holy Spirit's work. My job is to preach. The Holy Spirit is there to convict. He's the transformation agent. Watch the altar. So we can preach from here to the, wherever in the United States. And the Holy Spirit is already convicting people because the Spirit of God is on all flesh. Here's the separation. Keep reading. Your sons 
Now, you, you see, we're all God's creation. We're not all God's children. You become a child of God when you say yes to Jesus. That's good preaching. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. I am still seeing visions. Because I is a young man. Went to the doctor, took my blood pressure, looked at my wife and said, he's like a 16-year-old. I said, I told you I'm a 16-year-old. Don't get mad at me. You'll remain fresh and flourishing. Stay in the house of God. Amen. Amen. So what makes up an altar? Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and Kingdom. This altar that Jesus gave. Let's go to Matthew chapter 3. Let me explain to you. Look for kingdom. I'm reading a whole chapter to you. Look for kingdom. Look for Father. Look for Son. And look for Holy Ghost. Because then you'll understand the message you were called to live in. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Saying, what is his message? Repent. Why? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. Uh, then Jerusalem, all of Judea and all of the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits. So in the kingdom of God, it's a place of voluptuous living. It's a place where you be fruitful. And you multiply. And you fill the earth. And you subdue. And that's what gives you dominion. You what? So... When I get born again and I come to this altar, there are many churches and they do various things and I'm not inspecting that. I'm not a fruit inspector. The Holy Ghost is. I was told to raise an altar this way. This is how I was raised. I was raised by Pastor Ray McCauley who told me that you must be born again. We got that one. Then Dr. Miles took me in for over a decade and he said, son, I need to teach you about the kingdom. We got that one. And then Dr. Winston came along and he says, let's give you faith so I can teach you how when you raise an altar that the people don't leave the same way they came in. That faith can make sure a life can turn around in this place sir, and someone can bear fruits worthy of repentance. That's why you must break away from your religion. You've got to break away. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Do you understand? You can't serve at two altars. Uh, quick marriage lesson. The Bible says, a man shall leave his mother and his father and he shall go and cleave. He leaves one altar. And then he cleaves. That's a spiritual truth. You hear of people coming. And this couple has had their marriage in trouble. And the woman says, I can tell you the day that this man slept with this woman. 
Because something happens in the spirit. You leave that altar of your wife. And you go and cleave to another altar. It is something that happens in the spirit. And you can know it. A mother can even tell you that this child is not a virgin anymore. Because there's something that happens inside of you. There's something with your DNA. Even when you leave another church and you, 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 you go and make right and you close off that and you say, Father, you, you call me to a different church. Some of you need to understand, you need to make a commitment here. I feel it for somebody. You've not, you, 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 you're hovering. Then I'm going a little year. Then I'm going, that's where your confusion is. Baptism, when baptism takes place, when John the Baptist was baptizing even Jesus, he baptized him into a message. Baptism is about a message that you believe. I don't believe in poverty and I don't believe in broke. For me, poverty don't make sense at all. Don't make sense. Because the moment I find my gift and I know what to do and I become fruitful, you're not going to come and manipulate me anymore. You're not going to control me anymore because I become fruitful. And when I become fruitful, I begin to multiply. And when I multiply, I'm going to fill the eye. And when I fill the earth, I'm going to have dominion. I'm going to rule over my circumstances. Come on, somebody. You were not made to be ruled. You were supposed to be walking in abundance. You were supposed to have abundance in your home. You were supposed to have victory every day. You were supposed to have an anointing every day. You can't say the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Ah, you were made for dominion. If you belong to the right altar, give Jesus the highest praise. So do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. He's now dealing with these people that are claiming Abraham as their father. They say, we got our history, we sorted. For I say to you, God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Because they make Abraham, who was a natural man, their father. But they refuse to accept God the father because Jesus claimed that he is in the father and the father's in him. Even now the axe is laid to the roots, the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I share the testimony about the sickness because the Lord told me I've opened up my mouth. You, you said some stuff with that attitude. I told you the beginning of the year, get up that victim seat. Let's get going with the kingdom of God. And you didn't take, me, you didn't take my words. And you sat there in that victim seat and the enemy planted seeds. And now you're sitting with you can't speak. By Saturday morning, when I agreed with God and all His word, I got the vision Saturday morning of the tree being plucked out by the roots, laying on its side. And the Lord said to me, the sickness is over. Some of you are going to have roots plucked out this morning of poverty. You're going to begin to see how God begins to remove uh, every form of depression from your life. Uh, every kind of suicidal thoughts. Uh, that tree, the Father never planted that tree. That's not of God. Uh, brokenness and strife and division in a home. What kind of tree is that? Uh, we're not eating of that tree anymore. We're not eating of the tree of sickness, disease and poverty. Division, uh, separation. Uh, we pulling that thing out by the roots this morning the kingdom message this message of the kingdom must be preached that's what the scripture says this message of the kingdom must be preached and then the end will come the end of what the end of poverty the end of division you're gonna have some heaven on earth
in your home come on you're gonna have peace in your home you're gonna have joy in your home you're gonna have a breakthrough tomorrow a breakthrough on tuesday a breakthrough on wednesday hallelujah you're not just gonna win one cup we're gonna go for the next cup we're gonna see what we're praying for please be seated indeed i baptize you with water unto repentance what is repentance not, oh, I'm sorry. No, repentance is, I changed my mind. Repentance is not me saying every week, uh, I'm sorry, honey, I'm not going to mess around again. No, no, no. That's not repentance. You need a good hiding and you need to be put out. Because that's not repentance. Repentance is, I stopped, I stopped going there. I stopped doing that. Repentance is, I give you my phone. Come and look through all my messages. Woo! I got some pushback on that one. <laughs> but, it's tough, eh? Handling both of them. I can't handle one, buddy. You got two. I didn't know if it was the Holy Ghost or just my flesh. But there you go. He says, but he who is coming after me is mightier than me. So he says there's water baptism. Water baptism has got to do with the fact that I'm no longer going to live out of someone else's message. This is the altar. There were many people baptizing. John's baptism was a message of the kingdom. Then he begins to speak. Look at you in the kingdom, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Watch. He says, but he who is coming after me is mightier than, than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with what? The Holy Spirit and fire. Watch now. His winning fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out all, the, clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with, with unquenchable fire. Your God is a consuming fire. From attitudes to lies to stealing to, to deception to is a, a consuming fire. You can't pray about altars and call for fire and God not come and burn the stuff that's not of Him. Huh? Then Jesus, there's the Son, came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by Him. And John tried to prevent Him, saying, I need to be baptized by you and you coming to me. Jesus answered and said, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. He allowed him to be baptized. Even Jesus was baptized into the message. This is the altar that makes. When he had been baptized, Jesus came immediately from the water. And behold, what? The heavens were opened to him. And he saw what? There's the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, There's the Father. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Is that it? 17. Can you see that? Jesus was baptized into the message of the kingdom. The Spirit of God was there and the Father was there. Saying, This is my Son. Now an altar was raised up in the earth. And the church comes out of this. Now I don't know what else you believed. I don't know what else you got involved in. 
I don't know who you connected with and who's lied to you about your life. But the altar that was raised in the earth, there's it. It is the original from the beginning of time where man would be made in the image of Almighty God. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Genesis 1.26 And let them have dominion. That's exactly what you have in here. What was lost in Genesis chapter 1, you're finding restored here in the New Testament with Jesus. And when you come to the church, when you come into His church, that's what you should be finding. That's what you should be looking for. Your Father in heaven, your identity in the Son, the Spirit of God moving, and the fire falling upon your life to burn away everything that the world made you to be that's not of God. Because when you get into trouble or even growing up in ignorance, you'll find yourself connected to altars and doing things, and the world shapes you and makes you something that you're actually not. But when you come into the kingdom of God, what do you find? You find God restoring you to His original blueprint and plan for your life. Are you with me still? Now let's show you how this works. Because you're not just the Spirit of God hovering over or poured on all flesh. You're a son of God. And what do you need? The first thing when Jesus puts His Spirit on you, the Holy Spirit comes to make you first of all like the Son of God. Made in His image. The second thing is He gives you is a vision. Why? So you don't live an aimless life. So you don't waste your time. You only got 80, 90, 120 years. It's a blink of an eye and it's over. So the Holy Spirit comes to give you a vision and a dream. Why? So you don't live an aimless life. That's all in the kingdom. You don't have to go outside of the kingdom to go and find happiness. To find purpose. To find joy. To find greatness. Greatness is a kingdom principle. So watch. Huh. I want to I show you, I'll read you the scripture, and this, I wanna, this time I want you to look at it through the eyes of the prodigal son. I called him prodigals, prodigal son. Okay, let's stick with it. Let's not change scripture according to what it's saying there. But I want you to see the growth. Put up my first picture, please. Not, not the one with the four stages. Give me the first one back to the original you gave me earlier. And I want you to see something. You see, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and God's kingdom idea. You grow through that. And I, I want you to see, when, when you look at the first three, the altar, the identity, the history, or the Spirit, Son, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's what should be released from the altar. But I want you to separate the top half from the bottom half. The bottom half being the church. The top half being the kingdom. Because the church is not the kingdom. I want to say it slowly so you understand. The church is not the kingdom. There was no church in the beginning of time. All Adam had was a kingdom. Why was there no church? Because there was no sin. I need to preach because of their sinners that need to be converted. The Holy Spirit's here hovering over this place so that somebody can make a decision for Christ. 
So the church, please write this down, is the vehicle through which the kingdom moves. So when God starts a church in Ramsach, He's expecting a kingdom movement all around this region. What's kingdom? In the kingdom is where you become fruitful and have dominion. So 5% of this church will be planted full-time in the church, full-time ministry like me. 95% of the people are functioning in the kingdom. Your gift, your purpose, your fruitfulness is in the kingdom. That's the idea. That was God's idea. Now, I don't know what idea you've been living under that you come to church every single Sunday and recycle your problems. And then, you know, this week a breakthrough and another 10 rands groceries and another, uh, some data next week. You weren't supposed to live that way. When you get planted in the kingdom of God is the time where your life becomes fruitful and you begin to multiply and you have dominion. But look at it. It's not separated. Because God will never give you a future that makes Him obsolete in your life. So you're not going to go to, what, what we were taught when you grew up is you go to church and you live your own life after, after service and go drink as the way you want and live what, the way you want to live for the next six days. Well, more like six and a half because you, you couldn't wait to get to that boring services at 10 o'clock in the morning to go and drink and do your thing. At least I got a tick to say I went to church yesterday. When you come into the kingdom, it consumes all of your life. When I said to God, I said, I'll come and preach, and then I leave me in, in business, and I'll, I'll, on a Sunday morning, I'll just come and preach to your people. So the Lord said to me, son, what I have for you, you can't handle with one hand. You don't just need your two hands, you're going to need all of you. Because we're going into the kingdom of God and kingdom business is big business. And the things we're going to do in the kingdom of God is going to shake nations. So I can't have you meddling a bit on this altar and then coming to the altar on a Sunday and playing a little bit over here and then, I'm a, and then it's a bit of gambling over here and trying some lotto and then messing around and then come on. No, 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 no. This is the kingdom of heaven. And when the altar comes and the fire falls, it's going to need all of you, honey. It's going to take all of you. It's not going to take a piece of me because I get a message 3 o'clock in the morning and it's 2 o'clock while I'm walking and then it's with the Come on, this is the kingdom. So, don't you ever believe the lie that your life was supposed to be successful outside of God? The altar is connected to, the, to what you're doing in the world. You sow here and you reap there. Here's the four stages. Give it to you up front. Then we can go through some things. And then we can end. Put them up, guys. Here's some kingdom keys. We're starting a new platform called Kingdom Keys. So that you must grab a hold of them. So you know that this key is going to unlock my destiny. This morning I want to give it to you so you can understand. These kingdom keys grow you through the kingdom. And there are four stages. And the four of them are needed for every single one of us because the Bible is very clear. So the first level of living in the kingdom is give me. It's the lowest. Absolutely the lowest. And please hear me, you must get. Because on the first stage when you come in there, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, He gives you His identity. He makes you a new creation in Christ. He gives you the, Holy, the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
He gives you. He must. He must empower you. He said, don't go into the world until the Holy Spirit has come upon you so that you can be empowered to go. So the first stage is give me. And at this level here, I mean, I needed miracles. I wasn't even a tither for long. God blessed my house and gave me miracles and gave us that house we've been in and it's been such a blessing. And God did a whole lot of things to actually let me catch up in many ways because I'd fallen so far behind. So he's got to give you. Is God okay to give somebody this morning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Receive from the Lord. That which I receive from the Lord, I give to you. So God gave Adam everything first and then he woke him up. He, he raised him up on the sixth day, the evening of the sixth day. Because God gave him everything that he ever needed. So you've been given a kingdom. You've been given the Holy Ghost. You've been given a new, a new creation. You, your sins have been washed away. You, be, you, you have new, everything's new. He gave it to you. And if you need anything this morning, from a miracle to money to an open door, God will do it for you because God's got no issue doing that for you. And the truth is that most of us came in here because we were in trouble in the world. We didn't know how to get it and we needed God to give me. Brian walked into my house and says, I want what's on you. Because his life was going nowhere. But I wasn't, my life wasn't going anywhere. I gave God my life because I made a mess of it. Am I the only one in this church? Then can you lift your hands and just thank Jesus that he gave his life for us? Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. The next day, phases of your development is use me. You now go into a place where you say, God, use me for your kingdom. Now, on this level, it becomes a real challenge. Let me, let me tell you why. You almost want to beat this thing out of the people. When people speak about, you know, just, you know, Apostle, if you need to use me, just, you know, just let me know. I never come to you. Because use me people normally give you what they think is acceptable. And if I tell you that's not the kingdom standard, use me people get offended. Because they're babies. So the two baby stages is give me. If you're staying here and you're 20 years saved and you every week come and say, God, give me, give me, give me, you've not grown. You're still a baby. And then every now and again you say, use me, use me. And whether it be this church or another church where people used you and then you got offended and you got upset because nobody came to recognize you. You will see the problem? Because anytime somebody who, who's so happy to like just use me, you know, when, when people really, really use you and we're having this event and we need to go home at 4 o'clock in the next morning, I'm never going to be used by these people again. But you said use me. I don't like this level. And, I, and I, 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 I chase it out of every leader. Don't operate at this level because there's going to come a place where I correct you and you're not going to like it. And you're going to get offended because the babies get offended for all kinds of nonsense. They think that when you're trying to correct them, you're just trying to be difficult. When I tell you that that's not the standard, when I tell you that's not enough, if I tell you you need to learn some more, or if I tell you that, you know, the way you're singing, or, you know, the way you're ushering, you know, you're supposed to have a smile, go and walk in the car park rather, you know, look after the cars, but don't connect with the people because Quentin don't smile with nobody. I mean, it's like Quentin, hello. I'm kidding. 
You know, Quentin's, he gets lots of business because people look at his face and they just like him. He's so full of favor, you know, and it's, it's just. But there's some people that you must understand that there's a kingdom standard and a value. You must move away from this place of where just, I just want to write and I want to do this. But what if it's not the standard? Can you rather lay your life down and say, let me be faithful? Let me rather come and lay my gift down and say, now as you need see fit, I need somebody to understand we're going to jump right over this use me face uh, so that you can be corrected, uh, so God can raise a proper standard uh, that you don't get offended. Uh, and every week now, you're standing at the altar, I'm just forgiving this one, Lord. I'm forgiving that one, Lord. I must forgive the pastor. I must forgive Pastor Brian because they, I, it, it's babies. Use me, sit down please for a minute. Use me is built on selfish ambition. Do you remember the woman that came to worship at the feet of Jesus? Jesus, worship is an exchange. What do you want? Let my son sit on your left, the other one on your right in your kingdom. Because people come at that level when I'll just, just God, here's my worship. Looking for titles instead of laying your life down. It's babies. Pastor, when you're ready, just call me. Eh? Did I call you? No, I didn't. Will I call you? Never will. Why? I want that rubbish to be driven away from you. You need to get to a place of understanding that you, are, this is just, this, you, you're playing games in the church. When there's a kingdom that is standing still because you are not there. The kingdom is not the church. Don't mess around in the church. There's a real reason why there's fire around this altar. Things happen around this altar that you'll find it's nice. It's a nice warm glow when you come in here. But when you come closer, it's fire. It's tough. You must be willing to lay your life down. Let's, let's move on from this because... Selfish ambition, the Bible says, let nothing be done that way. Because it's about your title, it's about my writing skill, and I'm good at this. Until, I find, until you find that actually it's rubbish. Your level of work and excellence is rubbish. Can I tell you that? Can somebody come? I mean, Dr. Winston, let's make, I serve his, on his board. I, I'm so proud I got this presentation going. I'm five minutes into my 20-minute presentation. Dr. Winston shuts the presentation down. He says, I, I, I'm okay. Go, go back and go and sort out your stuff and come back and speak to me again. I can't believe Dr. Winston is a man of God. Told me I must, I must stop. Did, did you know how much time I put into this thing? I, I mean, I, I worked hard. and blah, blah, blah. I can be a baby and get offended because somebody corrected me. Because babies can't handle correction. All they want is about themselves. It's my title, where I can be positioned, where I'm seated. Whatever. This is, that's a problem. You must let the fire of God burn that rubbish away. You cannot serve and be a baby because you're going to get offended. Some of you are saying, can you just end the sermon now, please? <laughs> fire, baby. Let the fire burn. And some of you think that you want, I just want a husband. You can't get a husband. You're too selfish. You understand that marriage, in a marriage, you didn't come to live. You came to die. 
Michelle is laughing because Waylon, because this is where you want to be. You want to go from, give me a wedding ring and a wedding day and, a, and, and, and wedding bells and blah, blah, blah. And a, and a honeymoon. To, you can pray a different kind of prayer. You can go to a place, here's for the mature, search me. Search me, O oh God, and find Psalms 139. Please put it up quickly. Yes. Yes, the prayer that you don't pray. Because it's babies don't pray this prayer. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart and try me and know my anxieties. Verse 24. And see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It means burn away. Let me repent of. Let me deal with my attitude. Let me deal with the things that is hindering your kingdom from moving forward in my life. This is a kingdom message. This is a key. That I go from stop, give me every time you come home. It's like, so what did you bring me from work? What did you do the whole day, man? Oh Lord, the pastor's well. Go back to my, from search me. Search me. Every one of us should be praying this prayer. And here's the ultimate. Is to make me. Now go quickly to Luke chapter 20, uh, 15. I want to get into this. So make me is the highest kind of prayer you can pray. Here's my scriptural backing to give you. Luke chapter 15, please. Verse 11. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them to his livelihood. To them, his livelihood. Go back, please. He's in the house. What's the conversation? What's he asking your father for? Come on. Oh, must I stay here until you get it in your spirit? It's a baby thing. It's a baby conversation. Give me. It's for babies. At the altar, you can get whatever you want, and God will, but I mean, not whatever you want, because God, there's certain things that eventually God says, I'm not giving you the stuff anymore. Just grow up. When you start off as a baby, you can give baby, you know, a bottle or, or to drink from the breast. The baby's just taking all the time and messing in those nappies. You'll soon find, gift found that out. I mean, it's just like, how expensive Kimbi's are gift. Sure. Because it's all with the baby. It's like, give me. I don't care if you're in public. It's like, you open up that dress right now. I want it now. Babies do that all the time. You can't live that way as a born-again believer that every week you come here and give me, give me. I want another miracle. I need another prayer. I, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. So the father says, okay. He's saying, give me my stuff. I'm leaving this altar. I'm going to go and join to, uh, myself to another altar. So the younger man said to his father, give me. the next verse, please, verse 13. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together. When you leave the house, you leave the altar. The altar that produces for you. Gathered all together, journeyed so to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land. There was COVID. And he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country 
join himself to another altar? You think that every altar produces for you, even that company? You go there and you worship there and how important they are and I'll skip services and I don't need to study and I don't need to go open up my Bible because I'm working so hard for this company. It's an altar, honey. And you think that altar is going to give you what? After 30 years, my father got a gold pen. He was very proud of. And we were all broke. Huh? Where are you worshiping? Everybody worships. How do I know? Give me your checkbook. Oh, you don't have a checkbook. Show me your bank accounts and show me your, 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 your calendar. I'll tell you exactly where you're worshiping. Because everybody worships. Where you spend your money and where you spend your time, I will tell you exactly where you worship. Everybody's got an altar, please. Everybody's got an altar. So he joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. I am telling you, there's swine out in the world. That's who they are. They'll treat you that way. And yet you know you have a father's house where the spirit of the Lord is. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. Watch now this boy. He says he's coming to his senses. He goes from give me to Next one, use me to, comes to his senses. When he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and, and before you. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Watch now. He moves from give me into make me. And still his mental damage because the world will give you mental damage. You won't even know who you are when you come from the world. Why? They're there out to destroy you. They destroy your self-image. Don't tell you that you're worth anything. Don't give you, pay you what you're worth. Don't, don't build you up. Don't tell you what the scriptures say. They'll hide things from you. Why? Because it's all the mental damage. This boy comes back with mental damage. And in the father's house, he says, listen, I had access to your, to your house. But I don't mind just staying with the servants. And when you're ready, give some food. Look at the mental damage. He arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great dwarf, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost, he's found, and they began to be merry. So he goes from give me, comes to his senses, and he says, this man called my father can make me at his altar. He can make me. But when he comes in there, he's okay to be made a servant. What was he saying? Use me. Still broken in his head, in his thinking, damaged in his thinking. Make me a servant. The father would have none of it. Because you were made to rule 
to have dominion and to be made a son of God. So this young boy, you can see in plain sight that he's in the, he was in the house, he's gone. And he comes back with mental damage. But let's pay attention to the older brother. Now his older son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. I mean, you're speaking to the servants. Why don't you speak to the father? What kind of relationship is that? What relationship is that? Don't you have a father in this house? Don't you have a heavenly father that you can ask? Stirring up strife with servants. Becoming offended. Why was he offended? Have a look. And he said to him, your brother has come and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, listen what he's saying. Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time and yet you never gave me a young goat. You never gave me. Look what a baby he is still in the house. How many babies are still in this house? How many people are saying, but God, I, I ushered. Aren't you going to give me a breakthrough? I tithe. Aren't you going to give me something? What baby mentality is that? You did not give me a fatted calf. You've not given me a young goat that I make merry with my friends. Brian said something very powerful to me yesterday. It's worth repeating. Proximity doesn't equate to transformation. Just because you're in the house doesn't mean that you are grown. Just because you're close to the altar doesn't mean you can be serving your whole life in the church and never grow up. And still waiting for, if I can just get a job. The father, but as soon as this, uh, the son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. I'm always concerned when people point out other people's faults and speak about how terrible they are. Because the Bible says the very thing that you point out in others is alive inside of you. I'm thinking you must have been sleeping around with a whole lot of harlots yourself, my man, to point out the problem with that one. Be careful when you start judging people because the same measure you use, it's measured back to you. Just that's, that's for free. And he said to him, son, you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. All that I have is yours. I want to say this to somebody this morning. All that God your father has, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. It is yours. God would know he'll have no relationship with a servant. You've got to become a son of God. You're going to get your image right. You've got to get the vision on the inside of you. You've got to get the dream inside of you. You're going to walk like a child of God and say, make me a son of God. Come on, someone's going to start to pray. Some make me prayers this morning. Say, Lord, make me the husband. I'm not asking for a wife. I'm asking that you make me the husband that will suit this woman. Come on, woman. Stop asking for a wedding day. Say, Lord, make me a woman that is gentle. A woman that is kind. Come on, I need some make me prayers this morning. Too many people calling for give me prayers. And not asking that God would make us.
Please hear me. What's the difference between the baby and the mature? What is, what shifts me into my new? That now I can know I'm dealing with mature stuff. Can I give it to you? It's correction. How you handle correction determines whether you are a baby or whether you are a son. Because God don't give no keys to babies. The kingdom needs keys. And it unlocks destinies. But babies, if you give babies keys, they'll open the door for the thief. And they'll lock you and your, your, your wife out. Come on, baby, there's the keys over there. <laughs> babies play with the keys. You're locked outside because you gave the keys to the baby. When you come into the kingdom of God, God's not irresponsible. When He says to you, Nossi, that you're going overseas, He then begins to give you the keys to unlock the destiny. But it needs a matured person to go. And if you've got to give me mentality, I want to go overseas now, give me the money, give me the, and not trust God in His leading, you're still a baby. Let me show you the difference between the church and the kingdom. One quick key, quick one. In the church, you get your identity. In the kingdom, you get a passport. Someone's going to hear me. For many people, even though they're in Christ and they have an identity, every time they want to move overseas or make big, big moves in the kingdom, God himself cancels the passport. He says, expired. He stops your passport. You can't go anywhere until you start to behave like a son of God. Because God's not going to give you a future that makes Him obsolete in your life. Someone's going to get a passport in the season because they are matured. Because they're growing up. It's a passport. If you are dealing with your life in an accurate way, go, God goes and stamps your passport. Approved. Now go, son, and do it for the kingdom. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. We're only doing what we're doing because God's put his approval. You're sitting only here because God has drawn you here. Yes, correction. Proverbs chapter 3. My son. My daughter, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest His correction. For whom the Lord loves, He corrects. Just as a father, the son in whom He delights. Here's another version. Whom the Lord loveth, He whoopeth. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. Proverbs 12 verse 1. Come work with me guys. I've got to end. Are you there? No. Okay. Okay, just go to 22 verse 15. It's fine. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from it. Go back to verse 15 please. 
I want to read to you in the, in the, 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 the passion. Although rebellion is woven into a young man's heart, tough discipline will make him into a man. So you're growing through the ranks. You're coming through. I'm not offended by anything anymore. I'm not here. I said, you know, you go past the use me stage. Because there are people that will use you and leave you and then God will say, but you said I must use you. But nobody came to say thank you. Yeah, but you said I must use you. It wasn't dependent on the thank you. I mean, people come and they honor and they, they bring resources and, you know, bless me. I, I, I thank the Lord for it. But when I came, it wasn't on that condition. I came here to lay my life down and all that, I, that belongs to me. And I said, God, now come. This is not let me raise you up as a son because people are going to come and use you. They're going to come. Some people come into your life for a reason, a season, and others for a lifetime. But if they come for a season and they never repaid you, whose problem is that? It's not theirs, it's yours. And it's mine and I will repay you. I do whatever I do is unto the Lord. You, you Babies, you can't speak to them like that. Nobody came and said thank you. Yeah, but I couldn't even open up my mouth. Make me. Is where God begins to make you a vessel for His kingdom. Is where you allow the purification in your private space. And God makes you. And you know that God's going to use you in a mighty way. And whether people accept you or not, my self-worth, security, and significance does not come from man. It comes from God. Why? I gave up my life. And me being here is not contingent. On the, I mean, I preached to nobody in my church, at my home. When there was no live streaming, no likes, no nothing. I had it. A keyboardist that calls me up 7 30 in the morning and says, Look, my head dryer went and I can't come in. I'm like, Huh? Yeah, man, sorry, Max. So sorry, man. I had a guitarist, my brother. In my church. All, all six, seven rows. He plays the guitar. And as soon as he's done, he falls asleep in front of me. Yeah. Not, not there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm preaching like this to him. Amen, amen. Nine o'clock in the morning. I didn't come here for you and your likes. I came here to serve you. And it's not contingent on whether somebody comes or goes. Why? God made me his son. And I'm speaking to everybody this morning. Can I have the worship team up? I want you this morning to pray some make me prayers. Make me to know your will. Make me to do your will. Make me the woman that a man when he sees me and I have a need and he has a need, I'll be the one that will fill that need. Listen to me, single ladies. If you come in with everything, everything, why would the man want to marry you? Unless he wants to use you. Make me the woman that would serve my husband and his need.
That's why it's called the opposite sex. He's opposite to you. Oh, he's not like me. Yeah, he's not supposed to be like you. You are supposed to be the one that actually completes him. You become the helper. You become the helpmeet. You become the one that, that he can lean upon. Everybody shout, make me. You can ask the Lord to make, say, Lord, make me hear your voice. Now, if it's like thunder and whatever, but make me hear you. Make me obedient to do your will. Oh, Lord, if somebody can just pray for me. Give me something to pray for me. How about I make you a prayer warrior? Oh, if somebody can just give me a, you know, I just, I need a million. How about I make you a millionaire? You see, receiving a million and becoming a millionaire is very, very different. It's very, very different. Because it takes a whole different kind of mindset. Because I must go into the kingdom. Because here I can get a million at the altar. But to go and make it out in the world, I need a different mindset. Because this is church, this kingdom. Make me a builder of kingdom businesses. Make me so David prayed. He says, make me, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. God can make you wiser than your enemies. I need somebody to respond this morning because from this altar, God is releasing an anointing. You see, God can make you to lie down in green pastures. Some of you are waking every night and you're so concerned and you worried God in the season. Tell Him, say, Lord, make me to lie down. I don't mind lying down maybe in Rome somewhere. I can go and lie on green pastures in Rome. Someone's going to get a kind of holiday that God's going to make you to lie down. Come on, somebody here. David prayed in Psalm 51. David says, a little softer, a little softer. Listen to what David prayed. He says, He says, Make me to your joy and gladness. Are you hearing me this morning? Can somebody pray some make me prayers? I mean, you can say, Lord, make me to hear some, some good news today. Let there be some good news around me. I will know that it is you. Come on. God's got a desire to bless you, to bless your home. Say, Make me to your good news this week. Say, Make me. I'm going to look out for good news. Come on. Make me. Psalms 119.27 Make me to understand the way of your precepts. God can give you, He can make you understand His ways. Psalms 119.35 David says, make me walk in the path of your commandments. Acts 2.28 You have made known to me the ways of life. Please put up Acts 2.28 Acts 2.28 You have made me to know the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Look at your neighbor say your unhappy days are over. Look at your neighbor and say that that unhappy look is over. 
You are, you're going to get happy this morning in the presence of a living God. Someone's going to love their voices because God can make me full of joy. God can make me. Come on, somebody. Make me. Someone say, make me. Make me understand. Make me hear your voice. Make me walk in obedience. Make me your son. Make me walk in victory all the days of my life. Everybody shout a good amen. Psalms 4 verse 8, I am done. Psalms 4 and 8. I will, this is for somebody who's been struggling to sleep. I will both lie down in peace. Everybody say, and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Hallelujah. Habakkuk 3 verse 19. Habakkuk 3 19. The Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. And He will make me walk on my high hills. We're talking about tough places. Places where the enemy said, you're never going to come up onto this mountain. I got high hills this morning, honey. We're going to come there and we're going to take over. We're going to let the kingdom of heaven expand. Where are the sons and daughters that will say, Lord, give me my high hills. I'm ready to walk in all that God has got for me. The joy of the Lord is my strength this morning. Stand to your feet this morning and give Jesus the highest praise this morning. Come on, somebody. God's going to make somebody. Make me. Make me a son of God. Make me the daughter of the Most High God. Make me to see favor. Make me to see blessing all the days of my life. Make me God. Can somebody shout, make me Lord. Babies struggle with this. Because I just wanted pastor to give me. Lift your hands and lift them high. This is your season that you're going to skip over the use me stage, the give me stage, where God's going to search your heart and then He's going to make you to handle the keys of the kingdom and to walk in all that He has for you and your family. Come on, everybody online. This is your moment. This is your time. Hands are lifted everywhere. Come on. You must be born again to see the kingdom of God. But that's not where you end. You rise up through the ranks. You go from give me, give me, and use me and offended to I am a son of God. God, search my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And now make me your son. Make me, your, let, make me to handle a million rand without wasting it. Give me my, make me to handle every opportunity you said before me. So I can walk in victory. My days of squandering and wandering are over. The kingdom is here. This is the altar this morning that's going to make the sons and daughters. This is for every son and daughter that needs God to make them. Your hands are lifted high. Lifted high. Lifted high. Lifted high. Father, I pray for every son and daughter that needs to know you, that needs to connect with you. 
that must be born again, but that needs to walk in the fullness of the blessing. Today, Father, more than an altar that will give us a change of surname, that will change our relationship status, but an altar that will make us what you created us to be, to walk in dominion, to become fruitful, and to become all that you've created us to be. I pray this morning for a fresh anointing. I pray for a fresh touch. Spirit of the living God, you promised to walk through every aisle this morning. You promised to work through every seat, every individual this morning. That there is no wastage, my God, anymore. But that your kingdom is here and the power of your kingdom will be seen. It doesn't only come in word, it comes with power. We haven't come for religion. We've come here for a God encounter to know you and to know your will. We've come to understand that this is the will of the Lord and this is which way I need to go. We need to hear your voice. Make us, make us to know your will, Father. Make us to be obedient as your people, as your sons and daughters. To carry vision for your kingdom and for your glory. Make us to know you, God. Make us, make us as your sons and daughters. Heal and deliver and set the captive free. I thank you for the anointing. I thank you, my God, that we can walk before the throne of heaven, naked and not afraid, unashamed, walking in victory all the days of our lives. Bless the sons and daughters. Strengthen everyone under the sound of my voice. Let no one who put their trust in you be put to shame. No one be put to shame. Raise them up. Raise them up as a people. As oak trees, palm trees that will produce victory on every level. I bless your people. I thank you for the victories. I thank you for the anointing. You must be born again. Please hear me today. If you've never given Jesus your life, if you've never made him the Lord of your life, you must be born again. People are perishing under unrighteous and ungodly altars because they don't know Jesus I was there but God saved us and brought us into his kingdom and he's still raising us up to be his people if that's you this morning don't know Jesus you need to make right with the Lord here's your prayer pray this after me everybody and even online Lord Jesus I confess that I'm a sinner and I need a savior I believe you died on the cross for a sinner like me Today I receive you. Wash me in your blood. Cleanse me of my sin. Give me a brand new start. Let me live for you. From this day forward, I belong to you. I've left the old altars. And I'm joined to Christ. Victorious in you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen and amen. God bless you. Amen. Clap your hands, everybody. Let's receive the offering. I am speaking to sons and daughters. I don't have to go and try and coax you in any way. Sons have responsibility. They can sow seed. They understand the importance of the house of God. God's not using you. You can't make a greater sacrifice than Jesus. Please pass it on. Let's receive the offering. Someone came yesterday and said, oh, Brian made so many sacrifices. 
I said, none of us qualify. Jesus made the highest sacrifice. So no matter how much you give, there's one who's given more than all of us. He gave his life that we can walk in victory and that we can have life, healing, wholeness, and abundance. As a son, nobody has to beg you. There's the offerings. There are the card machines. Give your offering. Play your part. Give your tithes. Give your offerings. And let God make you. Make you honorable. Make you a giver. Make you. Make you. Don't give God your leftovers. Come on, somebody. Let God make you the, a tither. Let Him make you a giver for His kingdom and for His glory. Father, I thank you this morning for everybody and their giving. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Son of God, wave your hands like you're free this morning. Wave your hands like you are happy, happy, happy because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. What amazing God we serve. Come on. Just today you've received a fresh breakthrough. The favor of the Lord is upon your life. Wherever you go this week, expect a breakthrough on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, come on sons, you should be shouting louder as the week goes on because you are a son of God and the favor of the Lord is upon your life. Forever you are blessed. You understand that? That your life is of limits to the enemy. I said your life is of limits to the enemy. I am telling you a door is going to open up for you this week got to make a way because this is the altar that believes in the kingdom of God. Come on somebody. The kingdom suffered violence but the violent will take it by force this week. Let me announce it. The next six months God gave me word. You will find an acceleration of the kingdom like never before. God says I'm sprinkling like gold dust over all your work. Where there was a no and a hesitancy and a delay and a stop. God says, I'm going to create, I'm going to sign off on things. Uh, I'm going to put my stamp of approval on things. Uh, I'm going to pass the business, uh, the, the, the building plans. Uh, I'm going to pass the business contracts. Uh, I'm going to approve your life. Uh, I see passports stamped. Uh, people are going to travel the globe. Come on. Your days of going to Shlanga are over. It's time for you to soar. It's time for you to travel a little bit. Come on, somebody, just get free this morning and believe the word of your prophet that there's liberty in this house. I bless you from the crown of your head. For anybody that received that this morning, just give Jesus a big shout and an amen because the favor of the Lord's upon you. We love you. God bless you. Let's go rejoicing. Amen I and amen. Am